Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. A national nightmare is upon us. This is Ed McQuire. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio C. Too many historic days. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Cameras! We've introduced cameras into the whole get rid of Trump thing. Now live hearings. Cameras make everything better. What's and, diff- and, act, and make people act more normally. What's different about today? Cameras. That's Cameras. it. That's really it. Uh, yeah, um, the same people who testified last week and the week before. By the way, special honorary, honorary general manager. This morning I'm uh, rolling in. Uh, I flipped to CNN, as I often do, to see what they're jabbering about on the Resistance Channel. And to my shock and horror, who should assault my ears? But Wolf Blitzer. They brought in Wolf for the early morning setup. And I was reminded of why I loathe him. My loathing had kind of cooled a bit through the years, but now I remember moronic, wildly partisan, droning, so much to hate. Too many historic days, just like we were complaining yesterday about the full beaver moon, that we have too many special moons. <laughs> Used to be you get one special moon a year, now there's a special moon every three weeks. That's the way it is with historic days. Used to be a, an historic day every couple of years. Right Now every damn week they're hitting me with a, this is an historic day. Trump made history by blankety blank, right, every dang day. Of course, if Trump gets booted out of office, this will be an historic day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the national nightmare is upon us. A national nightmare is upon us, and you just don't seem to recognize that. You don't look as uh, rattled as you should be. Uh, maybe I'm just uh, numb. Maybe it, it could be. I, I've just I've, I've shut down emotionally. Too many historic days, as you say. Too many novelty moons. <laughs> Too many, this is the day that marks the beginning of the end of the Trump president. There's been like 11 of them. I thought one interesting uh, a possible irony that could occur is, um, so I was watching one of the cable news shows yesterday, and they it was one of your uh, trump hating Democrat channels, and they were talking, uh, that we've been talking with Adam Schiff, and uh, he explained how they have, uh, they have uh, worked hard to make sure that the first hour of the hearings on Wednesday, will be uh, packed full of fast-moving information, knowing that most people will only watch the first hour if they watch any. And I thought, wouldn't it be something if Trump gets booted out of office because they had a practice impeachment sort of thing with Russia and Mueller and got to work out all their mistakes and all the things that went wrong, right? and then were able to perfect the... the, Because it's a political thing. Yeah. Be able to perfect the way you... Display this to America because they've got they've had a practice run. That's the reason they're doing this. The Mueller thing was such a failure. They all had to take a look at that and see what went wrong there. <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's great analysis. I think that's exactly what's happening. And so that's clever. I like the first hour packed with fast moving, hot hot coals of information. That's good strategizing as well. But they've been at this enough that they've they've had a couple of uh, tests. 
They, you know, they did the pilot show for the audience. Uh, they didn't like that. Let's try to figure out what the audience didn't like about that last one and change some of the characters around. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to have a faster pace, etc. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like the first season of Seinfeld. Barely hung on, then it got great. Uh, I tell you what, they'd, they'd better be clicking on all cylinders and have all their mechanics down and their their uh, you know their their heat to it because I heard uh, the the unwatchable one Wolf Blitzer with uh, he was asking uh, Republican congressman do you think it's appropriate in a call to a foreign president that our president asks him to investigate and I'm like Wolf everybody has heard this Everybody's heard it five times. Everybody has it. Are you relitigating the original phone call? If, if you're interested in it, you've already heard it. And if you're not interested, you're you're probably not interested. Well, right. Yeah. 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 So if a man, if it's anything like that, forget it. People are going to be out. Do you remember? The, everybody was all geeked up for the whole Mueller thing, right? And this was going to be just the, the moment. Oh, yeah. And everything was going to be so huge. And then it just like from out of the box, I uh, what report? <laughs> what report are you referring to? And Republicans saying, it's in your own report. Do you not remember it? I mean, right. it's just such a disaster. It, it wasn't even good for clearing the president because it was just dull and meandering. And it's just there just wasn't a, there there. So anyway, they've, they've worked hard, apparently, to try to streamline it and, uh, and, and bring the impact. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see if the career diplomats uh, will bring the heat. I don't think they will. These are not exciting people. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Two, uh, two weeks away is Thanksgiving Day, basically. Two weeks till Thanksgiving. Yeah, basically two weeks. And so um, this is when I do... Every year, I go out and I buy my eating pants, my jogging pants, and in the store, and then usually a tent, a small tent for Black Friday. So the two of them, you know, <laughs> probably because we traveled last week, I got bombarded with ads on my uh, on my smartphone for uh, travel stuff, and one of them was um, travel pants, which apparently have become a thing mm. for like for now like you have my attention for like serious high flying businessmen because I mean these were expensive. They had. They had various brands ranging from two three hundred dollars to nine hundred dollars. Wow! I mean, these oh, are like for a single pair of pants. For a single pair yes. of pants, these are like wow. these are not. You know, you're just throwing on sweats and getting on the plane. These are. Are they going to pleasure me in the air? But they all included some sort of elastic waist. Yeah, my eating pants are pants I can throw away. If I get gravy on them, I don't care. I just wow. throw them away at you, the end you of the buy day. disposable pants? Pretty much. Single-use yeah. pants. But I just, I just wondered if the elastic waist has made the next leap to legitimacy, if they're, if they're making $500 Gucci versions of them. Well, I tell you what, I wear them every dang day near, uh, at this point, they call them, you know, hiking guide pants or whatever. They're... They're kind of slacks, but they got the spandex in them, and they're very f- flexible and light and comfortable. They elastic at the waist. Uh, they're kind of elastic everywhere. Really? Yeah. Maybe that just that's where we're going as a as a nation. Yes, please. Stretchy clothes. Oh, I think it, like the the suit pants I have and everything. They're terrible. They're awful. They're like uh, riding a mule to work. They're so. <laughs> Out of date and Very stupid. <laughs> well, they're, they're, it's terrible. Uh, you, you gain a pound, you did, all of a sudden you're just getting crushed and squeezed. And please give me a little flexibility. In I, there. Was, I was looking at the women's traveling while we were on our trip on Friday, and they, they're such a, a, a step ahead of men. Women of all ages, from kids to you're 65 years old, whether you're a businesswoman, whether you're a hottie, whether you're a mom with two kids, you get to wear 
basically, you know, stretchy, whatever, leggings, whatever they are, but they're just like nothing. You, sure. No feeling of pants or Yoga whatever. pants, whatever. Flip-flops and a tank top. Yeah. Of, of all ages, of all uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. I mean, you can't get more comfortable with that. I'll keep my pockets, thank you very much. Yeah, I like oh, pockets. Yeah. Yeah, gotta have pockets. They do they have the advantage of the purse. But you can't be more comfortable than that and still be clothed. Mm-hmm. You really can't. There's no. There's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> Although, I don't care who you are, man, woman, child. Cover your armpits, please. The armpit is one part of the body not meant to be displayed. I mean, I'd rather see you pantless than, than open-pitted. Really? Cover your pits. <laughs> There's a positive Sean. The smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was uh, in, on this day in the year of 1953 that during the height of America's Red Scare in the state of Indiana, the textbook commission called for the removal of references to the Book of Robin Hood from textbooks by, used by the state schools. Miss Young, the proponent of this, claimed that there was a communist directive in education. Correct. Now to stress the story of Robin Hood because he robbed the rich and gave it to the poor. And that's the communist way. (laughs) Yeah. So they banned Robin Hood briefly? Uh, They tried to. I don't know if it actually ever took. She then later on went to attack Quakers because they don't believe in fighting wars. I don't know. She just seemed to have it out for for many things. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Coming into work today, though, i got to tell you, we had a lot of police action right outside the radio range. Oh, really? What happened? We What'd you do? We got lights flashing. We got all kinds of sirens and activity. I did nothing. I was merely an observer. That's the message. I saw nothing. Some yeah. of our overnight campers outside the building did something? Hey, we're busting some guy for a 602. 602, that's criminal trespass, don't you know? Oh, is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Can't I, have that. I said, what uh, What are you getting them for? I said, uh, 602. I went, oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And you knew that. Did you have to look it up, or did you know that? I kind of knew that okay. from uh, other experiences. Well, and you're reporting. Oh, You've been a reporter for a long time. Remember when he went to jail? Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that was parking. Yeah. That was parking tickets. Yeah, that wasn't it was a not a six hundred two. How about when you? Oh, I thought maybe when you got arrested with Greenpeace. Well, that was no, a 602. That, that might have been part of a six hundred two. Yeah. Well, um, why are you demurring? It's not like you killed a hobo. It's <laughs> fine, and it's years ago. Why are they? Why? Why are they enforcing a six hundred two today? There's people living out in the parking lot every day for the last I don't know how many years. I don't know, but all I know is the security guard looked at me. He says, "Yeah, I don't like trespass. That's why those cops are here. It's so. a crackdown. Good. Yeah. This is a positive." Uh, huh? I, I, the tide has turned. You yeah. sound like you're against it. You're against the tide turning? Just what's different about today? I hope today is turned. a new day. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> and uh, you want to his... go back to yesterday? <laughs> and a historic day. It That's is right. says bringing us full circle. Yes. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, November 13th. They'll teach kids about this, not Robin Hood, but this day in the future. Will they? I don't know. Mm. We're Armstrong and getting. We approve of this program. All right, let's begin now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, gaveling thing, uh, the thing uh, to order at Mark. VH1 just announced a new reality show starring the wife of Mexican drug cartel leader El Chapo. <laughs> VH1 signed her up for show, yeah. The show is called We Were Afraid to Say No. Yeah. That'd be something to that. What are their headlines? What, what is that called? Housewives of Chalapas, or uh, <laughs> might be real housewives of <laughs> of cartels. Great Scott! Um, well, it's coming up in your news, Marshall. Well, all eyes on D.C. on this historic day. Impeachment hearings coming up. We'll have a preview. We got one Democratic presidential hopeful red hot in the latest Iowa poll. Yes, and why we hiccup coming up. Okay. 
cool. I like all that stuff. El Chapo's wife to appear on reality show Cartel Crew. Mm. Not Real Housewives of Sonora? No. <laughs> Both good titles. Crew. How does male... So we're going to see scenes like she comes home, Honey, the, the neighbor was giving me a weird look. And then it cuts to I'll the cut neighbor's off his head. severed head. Well, there that was my punchline. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, what are we doing now? How does mailbag look? Oh, it looks like it always looks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tired of that question. You've really soured. <laughs> I you've really, have. You've really soured on... How is it? It's, oh, it's on good. Teasing it's right. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I don't know. No people weigh in on or... And then I would have to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The impeachment of Donald Trump, now with cameras. New and improved, now with cameras. So we had to advertise it if I were doing an ad for it. Anyway, so uh, highlights from that we will bring you throughout the show. Yeah, we'll be dipping in and out as the show goes by. See if anything happens. Anything new happens. I just... I feel like I'm being dragged to the third consecutive romantic comedy by my significant other, who assured me the first couple of times I was just going to love it. And now I'm sitting there in the theater, absolutely certain I'm not going to love it. And I've got the pain and the anguish and the boredom of having sat through it already a couple of times. So it's extra bad. Mm. But I could be wrong. I'm not. But I could be. Mailbag. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me? Uh, hang on a second. This will be this will be worth it. No, no, not that. Stop autofilling. Uh, I was going to get a freedom-loving quote of the day from Richard Nixon. Oh, good one. Um, who actually was an outstanding president. In some ways, in terms of uh, some aspects of foreign policy. Um, Close friend of John F. Kennedy? Uh, yeah. Both uh, bonding over their anti-communist stance. Yeah, and a fascinating guy. Grew up poor, alienated, but ambitious, clever, smart, ruthless. Got a little paranoid. <laughs> Hired a bunch of idiots to break into... Uh... An office when he was when he was going to win the election anyway. Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> careful who you hire. Um, if you take no risks, you will suffer no defeats. But if you take no risks, you win no victories. Mm. That's Richard Nixon. Uh, then there's another quote here. Well, I screwed it up real good, didn't I? Yeah. Well, we've all said that at times, though, right? Uh, here's a note apropos nothing, but I thought it was interesting. William, we were discussing the draft. In... My favorite quote from Richard Nixon, of course, is from, <laughs> oh. from the recordings, from the White House recordings when they released the tapes. The infamous tapes, yeah. What is that, a bear? Some sort of, sort of cat. <laughs> Somebody told him about the panda being uh, bred in China. <laughs> and they were going to give us a panda at the National Zoo. And he said, what is that, a bear? Some sort of cat. <laughs> So a note from William, uh, we were talking about the draft oh on uh, Veterans Day. 
And he said, as a member of the local draft board, I can tell you the draft is alive and well. We are continually trained. The only thing that is needed to begin a military draft is for the president to say he wants a military draft. That's right. We all, order it. I remember signing up for selective service in high school and my high school teacher uh, going on and on and on and on about it because he was from the Vietnam era and trying to make sure we weren't going to freak out or something. I don't know. None of us were yeah. like, can we just sign it and get to recess? Yeah. He just went on and on and on about responsibility, but unlikely and unconstitutional and blah, blah, blah. Just, can wow. we just sign it so we can go play tetherball? Yeah. Well, he, he, that was a great conversation to have. You're just perhaps a, a tad too young. Or, or shallow. Or a fool. Or shallow. Or shallow. Uh, Patrick writes, yes, let us impeach. With all the impeachment talk, I think Tim the lawyer recently commented he felt uh, the impeachment process was underused. I agree. Let's start by impeaching the idiot Ninth Circuit Court judges who are destroying our cities and way of life, choosing bums and junkies over tax-paying citizens. And how about we move on to San Francisco, Portland, Seattle City Council members and county soups who pass stupid ordinances and laws, and that stupid Southern California woman who won't let white guys have an opinion. I think she was from suburban Chicago. Uh, impeach, I say. Impeach. But if we impeach too often, how is the president not just serving at the pleasure of the Senate and it's closer to a parliamentarian system? I have to figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on the fly. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that those who impeach unnecessarily or capriciously will pay at the uh, the polls. Pay at the ballot box. Well, well, we'll have a test case this year, won't we? Marshall's News on the way. There's no doubt that impeachment is a big story in that we have never impeached and removed a president from office. Never. And only tried a couple of times. So it's a big story. But the way it squeezes out all other stories in the world... Because we're so, uh, well, just because of the way modern media works. Um, the cable channels probably won't mention China at all today. And I was just reading up on it. It is it is go time in China. Yep. It is the day. It is here. It is either today or tomorrow. Do you mean Hong Kong? Hong or? Kong. Yeah, Hong, okay. China going into Hong right. Kong and yeah. deciding we're not putting right. up with this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, more details to come. But it was a heck of a night. And there's no way they can continue where it is now. The schools are closed, malls are closed, you can't go anywhere. They're throwing bricks at the most expensive stores in the in the entire city of Hong Kong, which mm. makes it the most expensive stores on earth. Right. Um it just you can't you can't have that continue. Well, and to me, I think the most important thing happening in Washington DC this morning is probably Trump's meeting with Erdogan, the president dictator right. of Turkey. Is that a coincidence? It might have a, a major impact on the future of NATO, for instance. Is that a coincidence or did Trump think he could uh, get some of the news coverage with having the president of Turkey in town? I don't know that it was the meeting was announced fairly recently, so it might be on purpose to try to divide the narrative. Because that would be the lead story today if sure. it weren't for impeachment, right? Because they're going to stand up and have a press conference and answer yeah. questions together, mm-hmm. and that's going to be pretty damned interesting. Yeah. And by the way, on a similar topic, I, I stand ready to accuse Congress of not doing their jobs because they're so just utterly uh, fixated on removing Trump from office. It could be they've gotten something done, and I just haven't heard about it because there's no media coverage. Right. If it isn't directly related to Trump or moving Trump or impeachment, you you won't hear about it. True that. 
But I, I have a feeling I'm right on the first point. They're just not really getting anything done. Some good stuff in the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, the House Intelligence Committee is soon going to be opening the first public hearing in the impeachment investigation of President Trump. Testifying today, you're going to have William Taylor, the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, and George Kent, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for European Affairs. Later in the week, it's going to be the former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Mary Yovanovitch. She's going to testify Friday, and then there'll be eight more witnesses next week. Among those who... Eight more next week? Yes. <sighs> That's plenty. Among those who will not be watching the hearings, a lot of top Republicans like Lindsey Graham and Chuck Grassley. This is bull****. No, this is bull****. They're doing damage to the president right now. This is a political exercise that's different than anything that's ever happened when it comes to trying to impeach a president. This is a calculated effort to dirty up Trump, to do damage, then they'll decide to impeach. This is dangerous for the presidency as an institution. I don't like it. If you really want to impeach him, do what we did with Clinton and what they did with Nixon. I don't have time to watch that tomorrow. It'll be worth it when they uh, decide to give due process to a minority party the same way that we did when Clinton and Nixon was involved. That's two of a handful of Republican senators yeah. who say they aren't even going to watch today. Um, uh, did, did Lindsey Graham actually drop BS bombs there? That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's oh, what it looked a nice like. Southern boy like that ought yeah. to know better. That's I declare. Um, <laughs> uh, and we have a clip of Steve Bannon uh, basically saying what Lindsey Graham said. Well, we've got uh, Steve Bannon actually praising Nancy Pelosi. So he was uh, he was uh, on CBS saying this. Democrats are so united in this, and and I look, I disagree with her ideologically, but I think Nancy Pelosi is a master of political warfare. And I think strategically what she has done here, is, from their perspective, is quite brilliant. Yeah, so that's Bannon saying the same thing Lindsey said, yeah. only he's just doing it admiring what they're doing as a strategist, but uh, dirtying up the president, yeah. political warfare, to try to damage him going into an election. And Bannon says, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good stuff. That's, that's pretty dirty pool. That's the sort of thing I would do. If I had the chance. Well, right. And that's my reaction to the whole, uh, the, the drumbeat of humans saying that this is a historic day. It's, uh, it's a historic political day, um, the way the Democrats are using the impeachment process, uh, you know, to damage the president. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's, these are different times. Different strategies are being used. I think a lot of it began with Harry Reid using the nuclear option in the Senate. And all of the gentlemanly, white-gloved uh, techniques of the past and traditions of the past are now chucked. Well, then, then, out. then Mitch McConnell not allowing their Supreme Court justice nominee to well, go. Well, it was an election year. And so, you know, <laughs> they, they, right. we've been going further down the road. To of, see what uh, they can get away with. <laughs> yeah. South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete leaps to the head of the line now among the leaders of, among the Democratic presidential contenders in Iowa. you got a new Monmouth University poll of likely caucus goers. He, Mayor Pete has 22% support of those caucus goers in Iowa. He's up 14 points from August. That's that's the headline, because yeah. they're, they're all within the margin of error. Technically, Mayor Pete's in first place yeah. at 22, but 22-19-18 are your top three, and that's Buttigieg, right. Biden, Warren, all within the four-point margin of error. So you can say there's a three-way tie for first. But the way they've moved, now that's significant. Yeah. Since August, Pete's up 14 Biden's down seven, 
and Warren's down too. Mm. So, I mean, that, that's that's your trend line. Yeah. And, and young Pete is up uh, from three to nine percent in South Carolina. I understand, and the narrative on on Pete was that yeah, he can't win the black vote, but it's increasing. I tell you what, though, and I have difficulty using this expression since I learned the origin of it, but. It is now going to be his turn in the barrel. Yeah. And or he will, uh, you know, it's like uh, now you're the leader in a bike race. Right. You're, you're going to be taking the headwinds. You're going to be getting the bugs in your mouth. Sure. We, we saw how it was for Elizabeth Warren when she jumped up to first place and everybody started coming after her. Yeah. Now we'll find out about little Pete because there are serious issues in South Bend. His performance, I was reminded of his performance at that uh, that press conference, that meeting over a shooting, a police shooting in South Bend, in which he just shrunk from the scene. He looked not physically like a tiny man, but like a, a cowed non-leader who was confused and had no idea how to lead. And somebody pointed out the other day that, you know, South Bend is not that huge a city, and people don't turn out for mayoral elections. He won with a few thousand votes. And... I think you're going to start hearing that from his opponents a lot. Yeah, in that election, 10,000 total votes, give or take, were cast. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 10,000 total cast, and he got enough to be the yeah. winner. But yeah. I, I, I heard that on a podcast. I can I can seek it out if we need confirmation, yeah. but I believe it to be true. Which yeah. is not necessarily an indictment of somebody. I mean... But that only makes him this much more qualified to be president than any of the people in this room. Right. <laughs> in terms of political experience. Oh, yeah, I would mean, agree. you know... I would agree. I mean, Gandhi, Einstein, Jesus, and Nazareth didn't win any big elections Correct. either as far as, uh, certainly uh, early in their career. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's not necessarily a fatal no. indictment, but... Mm. I'll tell you what the advantage is. It will rattle Ga- people Gandhi when they figure that tough out. tough on the campaign trail. I think he would have had really good rallies. I think people would have really flocked to his message. <laughs> right. Well, and he wouldn't have spent a lot of campaign money on eating either. Exactly. Very thin. Yeah. Yeah. Very thin. What Mayor Pete's got over Elizabeth Warren, though, in terms of his time in the barrel, is he doesn't have this giant target that is that ridiculous health care plan out there that everybody can take apart. I mean, she just had such a... Tell me what isn't wrong with this plan that she was leaning on so hard. Right. Uh, right. We'll see what they go after with him. Boot edge, edge. Sci- <laughs> edge, edge, they say. Scientists may have actually solved the mystery of why we hiccup. A study out of University College London. Usually found, for me, it's because I ate or drank too fast. Study out of University College London found that hiccuping may help babies regulate, regulate their breathing. Apparently, newborn hiccups bring about brain signals that could help babies learn how to monitor breathing muscles. Researchers say hiccups have no known advantage for adults, and it could be just something that stays with us our entire lives, or it could also help regulate our breathing. Mm. I uh, I remember when I was a younger man and, and like uh, college age, and we you mm-hmm. know there'd be a big Friday afternoon we're going to get drunk event. Getting ready to go. So we I all have to meet drink at the to bar. Fun. That's very everybody, sad. <laughs> everybody orders all the beer and everything <laughs> like that. Quarter draws at the at the at whatever bar on Friday. And I'd get the hiccups and I'd just be so disappointed. Uh. I can't drink. <laughs> I can't have any fun. I get the hiccups. How do I get rid of the hiccups? Oh, it, it does take over so your life, doesn't oh, yeah. it? For whatever period yeah. of time. You can't yeah. do anything. <laughs> Everybody's got their own home remedy too. No, you gotta yeah. hang upside down from a monkey bar right. and drink uh, <laughs> and drink pasteurized milk while plugging <laughs> your ears. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall <laughs> Phillips. <laughs> I'm, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. My go-to has always been uh, 
putting a spoon in my mouth or something in my mouth and trying to spoon mouth. Look at me, I'm Mister Spoon Mouth. Trying to drink with something in my mouth sideways, like a pencil or something like that. Wow, that has always worked for me on the hiccups, and I realize none of this is scientific. But if I've always thought it was kind of like a placebo, if you if your brain believes it'll work, it works. It seems kind of like that's what happens. I don't know. It's possible there's some unintended consequence of whatever you're doing that. Because it's a spasm of the diaphragm. I mean, what's happening is that's what it is. What stops that from spasming? You know, my wife likes to lean over till like her her till her head is like below her waist or damn near it. Plug her ears, or I'm supposed to play, and then she drinks with her ears plugged. Drinks like a uh, sip of water. How does she or plug like. her ears and drink at I the same time? I need to help. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize this. So you oh, stand it's a behind her. Operation. <laughs> so you stand behind her when she bends over, plug her ears, and she drinks. It's a nice visual, but yes. Or, or in front, whatever. I can't remember. It's been a while since we've done it. But it, it has worked. Yeah, right. Exactly. It I know. might just be bending over at the waist for 30 seconds. The stretching of it. I, Does it? Or, or clamping down on your. Uh, or it was time for the hiccups to end. I've often wondered that at, at roughly the time I tried my remedy. That may be it too, because they do end usually, unless usually. you're that unless you're that girl in Iowa who's had them for fifteen years or and is whatever. Suicidal over it, yeah. And who can blame her? My thing that I swear by that has no actual proof to it. I eat a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah, okay. I'll and try that, that one. That seems to work. That one sounds pretty good. I mean, if if it doesn't work, at least it's delicious. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, I calories. remember reading at one point it has something to do with your is it your vasal nerve? It's one of your big nerves that runs behind your esophagus, and that uh, doing something like that, like re, re uh, you know, it's like it gives it a different stimulation, and it's huh. like, oh, never mind, sorry, I was distracted. And mm. So I don't know. Who knows? If you got it's something annoying, to work, keep doing it. Yeah. Um, here, here, why not? Some of the details out of Hong Kong, absolutely amazing. I just, I, I can't believe that the Chinese government's going to allow this to go. And, and if I'm them and their big concern is public opinion, well, hey, America is pretty busy the next couple of days with their media coverage. Be as good a time as any to, uh, to crack down. But some of these details are amazing. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I had this album on the other day. Freaking Black Rose. If if those two brothers didn't hate each other, they're one of the greatest bands in the history of music. Did you hear they're they're touring and playing this whole album? They just announced the tour the other day. Are they really? Yeah. God, I'd go see that. Both the shows are kind of far in my area. but That album is just, the first one and the second one are just freaking amazing. If you like the rock and roll, they are... Top notch, and that one dude. And wrote, I mean, top notch. And the one dude wrote most of those songs when he was like sixteen. He's super young. He was in high school. Wow. Um. Anyway, uh, before we Little get to fellow though, that uh, Robinson boy. What's his name? The singer, about one hundred and forty-five pounds, soaking his wet. Brother wrote songs. Anyway, um, oh, is, uh, is that a good guitar player? Yeah. Um. Duh. What was I going to say? Oh, before we get to my eating habits and Hong Kong. My eating habits need to be looked at in stark light. Um, We'll pay off this because new poll out has Mayor Pete in first place for the first time. Within the margin of error, it's not really fair to say he's in first place, but he's on the move. He's up 14 points in Iowa, and technically he's uh, he's in first place just ahead of of Biden and, uh, and, and Sanders and Warren. Malarkey. 
So how did how did he end up on the political scene at all? Well, he he comes back from Afghanistan and in Oxford and all the things he'd done. Decides to run. For, well, he ran for something and lost. Then he decides to run for mayor there in Indiana. And how many people turned out to vote? So the total votes cast were ten thousand five hundred eighty nine. He got eight thousand five hundred and fifteen of them. That's something. It's, yeah. it's similar to the AOC story where she mm-hmm. got eleven thousand votes or something like that in that one district in a primary. Um, that's what I guess that's why you run if you're idealistic, because you could win in the way it could launch you to the national stage. There's two people launched to the national stage, having the whole world hear their opinions when you had not very many people vote at all. Mm-hmm. South Bend's a university town, too, and it's it's pretty far left. Republicans don't have a chance. So uh, like the AOC thing, it's one party town. He won the primary with a, God knows how many votes he needed that'd to be, win the primary. That'd be worth looking at. It might be eleven hundred. Yeah, could be. It might be less than that. But yeah. anyway, that again, that doesn't disqualify the guy. No, it's reason to get involved in politics, I'd say. If you know, he's bright, he's active, he's a vet. I mean, you got to respect him as a human being. Oh, I do. Um, uh, what's going on in Hong Kong? Uh, you know, the other day you had the, uh, the, the protesters set a guy on fire, which was pretty uncool. And then the police shot a protester. But And I keep coming off like I'm on the side of the Chinese communist uh the the worst regime could be in the history of the planet by the time this is all done well yeah you do and keeping in mind that they regularly recruit americans for their uh, intelligence services (laughs) but i don't know what they're supposed to do with these protests at this point i'll just read a little from today's story pro-democracy protesters in hong kong paralyzed parts of the semi-autonomous financial hub for a third day on Wednesday, as senior police one senior police official described, the territory is on the brink of total breakdown. Rampaging residents stepped up a Blossom Everywhere campaign of roadblocks and vandalism that has crippled Hong Kong and ignited some of the worst violence during this six months of uh, unrest. If I'm Xi Jinping, I'm loving this. Uh, yeah, about a thousand protesters wearing now banned face masks blocked roads in the heart of the central business district, hurled bricks onto roads lined with some of the world's most expensive real estate and luxury stores. Uh, it is now 1989, 4th June, was scrawled on the windows of the Armani store there with the uh, the protesters trying to make the point that this is when it all, you know, reached its uh, pinnacle during the Tiananmen Square massacre mm. uh, when it was us versus them. And I guess they're welcoming that is what it sounds like huh. or hoping for that. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to. Uh, um, senior police and the superintendent warned the protesters that they were carrying out insane acts. Then our society has been pushed to the brink of total breakdown. Right. The reason I see say Xi Jinping is enjoying this is I think they gave up on the calmly, quietly, uh, just boring people into acquiescing bit by bit, inch by inch to Chinese control. And now what they're seeing is the protesters spending the public's goodwill day after day. I mean, eroding it just bit by bit by bit. People losing patience with not being able to get to work and sure, yeah. the store being smashed, etc. Yeah, I'll read this next paragraph and, uh, and to that point. The new phase in the crisis has forced the closure of schools shopping malls, key uh, routes for all travel, and large chunks of the vital train network, which is used daily by more than uh, half of the 7.5 million inhabitants. So you can't send your kids to school. You can't get to work. You might have been fully on the side of the Hong Kong protesters, and you might hate China. And today you might be saying, look, you got to do something about this. I have to go to work. My kids have to go to school. 
My business just got all the windows smashed out. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how people feel about it. But I was looking at some of these pictures. This is what the Hong Kong woke up to today. And it's just some of these streets and subway areas. There's a train car that was set on fire overnight. A street where just all the windows are smashed and there's garbage everywhere. I don't know how long that can it can keep up. I wonder. Well, yeah, I wonder. There are, you know, violence never solves anything, Jack, except when it wins wars and, and brings people freedom. It's not impossible that some day, well, I don't, it's a long shot, though. I was going to say that they will just render Hong Kong ungovernable and the Chinese will have to back down. Or the choice is or kill tens of thousands of people under the glare of news cameras because they will try to, you know, beat up reporters and confiscate cameras and the rest of it. But everybody has a camera in their pocket and the means of publishing publishing it around the world. Yeah. So it's a lot it, different than 1989 on that front. Right. Right. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know which way this goes, honestly. Uh, it'll go poorly, though. It'll be ugly, no doubt. Our plan for the impeachment hearings is to monitor them and bring you highlights throughout the show, um, as many or as few as we uh, see fit, based on how interesting they are. And a few random dip-ins, too. I like that idea, just to give you a flavor of it as we deal with everything else that's happening in the world. Random dip-ins. Yeah, just so you see, oh, that's the tone of it. Okay, that's the sort of questions, but uh, trust me when I tell you this. The whole thing end to end dry. I didn't. Ooh. I didn't realize there were four days of hearings next week. Also, with like nine more people being grilled. Are oh, yeah. all the networks going to take that wall to wall too? We'll Surely see. not. <laughs> <laughs> 